Are you lost in the chaotic whirlwind of day-to-day busyness? Do you yearn for a deeper sense of meaning and purpose in your life? Welcome to Be You, Your Story, Your Purpose, the podcast dedicated to empowering women on their journey of self-discovery and finding their true purpose through their own story. I'm your host, Brenda Simmons. Welcome to the Be You, Your Story, Your Purpose podcast. Today, I want to start out by sharing with you a story about David Beckham. And I got this story off of the Netflix documentary about him. It is really, really good. And I highly recommend it. And honestly, everything that I know about David Beckham, I learned from there. So if that's wrong, then I'm wrong. But hopefully it's it's all true because he's the one who actually shared this these stories. So the first story that I want to share with you is when he was playing for the Real Madrid soccer team. And at one point, I mean, and this soccer team actually gathered players from all over the world. And it didn't matter what language they spoke. They, they were just the best in with, you know, in their area with what they did. And so they were recruited for this team. And so it really was the most elite soccer team in the entire world. And at one point, the soccer coach benched David Beckham. And he was ticked off. He was really angry about it. And little did he know, though, that across the world in California, there was a soccer coach who said was watching the game and was like, oh, my gosh, David Beckham is benched. What is going on? I wonder if he would be willing to talk with me and just see if he would be willing to come and and play with with my team was the L.A. Galaxy. So. He actually flew over there after watching that one game and he flew over to Madrid and said, Hey, David, you want to come and just have lunch with me? That's, that's all it is. Just, I just want to have lunch with you. And so David Beckham said, yeah, yeah, I would. And so he just had lunch with this coach. This coach said, you know, invited him to come and play. But at the time he was like, well, I'm, I'm here, you know, and, and I'm not really looking to go anywhere else. Well, the coach for the Real Madrid team caught wind of what happened and told David Beckham, you will never play for us again at all, ever. And in fact, in the practices, he wasn't even allowed to play with the team. He had to practice on his own. What was interesting, though, is he showed up for every single practice on time, dressed, ready to go, and he gave a full workout, a full practice every single day, even though he was not allowed to practice with the team. And the team was finally just begged the coach, like, please just let him come and play with us. It's, I mean, he's already here. He's, you know, please, we need him. And the coach, you know, they interviewed the coach about this and, and he said, you know, I was really surprised because not once did he complain. He was always there. He was on time. He did his work. And I was just, I was really surprised that he was so calm and collected and just did his job. And so fast forward, David Beckham does get, go move over to the LA Galaxy. And I actually had a chance to watch him play. He was playing the the Kansas City Wizards and I got to go to that game. It was really fun. But 
again, I didn't know anything about him <laughs> at the time. So, so he's playing with the LA Galaxy. And there was another soccer player on this team who, you know, and wherever David Beckham went, he was like a huge celebrity, not just a, a good soccer player, but he just was super famous. And so because of that, he brought with him a lot of paparazzi, a lot, a lot of attention. And he, so when he got to the United States and he saw at what level that they were playing in, he was, you could just see it on his face. You know, he didn't, he didn't say a whole lot about it, but you could tell that he was like, this is not on par with what I'm used to. And as I was watching, I thought, you know, this would be kind of like Michael Jordan going over and playing for a European basketball team. Like that's the level of, of, of how it was. So, um, Anyway, so there's this other soccer player on the LA Galaxy, and he came out publicly and said how unprofessional David Beckham was and how, you know, he knocked them for not being as good as the European teams and on and on. And David Beckham was really hurt by that. And and in this interview on the documentary, he said, man, I've never been called out for my professionalism. I have always been professional. And always done my best. And so there's this rift between the two. And so the coach gathered them in a meeting and said, hey, we've got to fix this because it's hurting our team. And so this other soccer player apologized and said, I never should have gone public with my own opinions. That was wrong of me to do. And David Beckham said, all right, that's great. Shook his hand and they went on. And this soccer player was interviewed and he said, you know, he never retaliated. He never complained. He just, again, showed up and did his did his job and um, forgave me easily. And so, you know, especially with these two stories, I, I really was just so impressed with the character of David Beckham, especially the fact that he was faced with these difficult situations. And, and these weren't the only ones. There were several others. But he he did it without complaining and he may have done it in his in his own time but he never publicly complained and and even when society expected that to happen you know and and we see that all the time with celebrities but that also happens all the time with ourselves you know how many times is just is the weather bad and that's something that people complain about all the time you know oh, i can't believe the weather's like this right so constant so I think, so this is what I want to talk to you about today is about complaining and how it just is time to stop complaining. So let's first define what is complaining, because I think there, it's an, there is an important distinction between bringing up something that is a problem that needs to be fixed versus an actual complaint. So let's say you're at a restaurant and um, the service is just bad. Right. And and so you go up to the manager and say, hey, I think this this was a problem. It could really be fixed. Right. And of course, there are ways to do that that are polite and kind rather than being rude and snarky. So bringing up stating a factual problem so that with the purpose of it being fixed is not a complaint. OK, um, what is a complaint? is repeating something negative to get attention. Because if you really think about it, we complain to get attention. 
Now, even if it's just about the weather, it's look at me, I want to say something, right? So the problem though, because it comes up when you've got long-term complaining. This is when you are bringing up problems on a continual basis and it starts to become very damaging. So let's talk about that damage. There are physical effects and there are mental effects. So let's talk, talk physical. So studies have shown that continual um, complaining will actually shrink your hippocampus. Now your hippocampus is a little tiny part of your brain right in the center of your brain. It looks like it's kind of in the shape of a seahorse. That's where it gets its name. And it's part of the limbic, the limbic system. The limbic system helps to regulate your emotions. And the hippocampus job within that limbic system is it's thought to store long-term memory and to make those memories resistant to be forgotten. So this shrinking of the hippocampus actually then reduces your ability to store memories and for correct memory recall. So that's one effect of long-term complaining. Another one is that it will increase your levels of cortisol. So cortisol is your stress hormone and your stress hormone, um, if you've got elevated levels of cortisol, then you have an increased risk uh, for heart disease, stroke, diabetes, just a host of other health problems. So in essence, if you are continually complaining all the time, there are some very, very real physical consequences of that. And ultimately, you are rewiring your brain for negativity, which makes these this um, those effects more pronounced on a consistent basis. So those are some physical consequences of continual complaining. Now, mentally, there's some problems there too. So, and this creates a chain reaction with a negative cycle. So first thing that it does, it puts you in a victim mindset. And when you're in a victim mindset, we've talked about this, it's you're basically giving up your power to deal with difficult situations and change if needed, right? You are saying, you know, I have nothing to do with this and all I have, the only power that I have is to complain about it, right? And what that then does is it can lead to a depression and a host of other psychological problems. It lowers your emotional vibration and also it affects the people around you. You know, have you ever walked into a room and you know there's a person in there and that person complains all the time and you're just like, oh, I just can't deal with that. I can't deal with that energy. Like we've all experienced it. We've all been that person at times. But the problem becomes if that is always happening, then that can affect people around you. So when you send out that low vibration into the world, an interesting thing happens. That vibration is going to go out of you and it's going to go all the way around the world and it's going to gather speed and strength as it comes and it's going to come back to you. And so it's kind of like a karma, you know, but just know that it will come back to you stronger than what you put out there. So in essence, what happens with that is it's going to lower the number of positive opportunities that you have. Because remember, that which you focus on grows. So if you're focusing on complaining and negative things happening to you, those things are going to grow, right? Because remember, it's going all the way around the world. 
and it's coming back and it's going to be more powerful. So, I mean, everybody complains though, right? I mean, I gotten caught up in complaining and I have been that consistently complaining person before. And it's an interesting place to be because it's become such a habit that it almost seems unnatural to not complain. But as I've just shown you, there are some very, very real physical and mental consequences to continually complaining. So how do you stop doing it? Well, I'm going to share with you three different methods that you can use. And with each method, I'm going to give you a resource that you can learn a little bit more about it. So the first one is to become aware. Because habits, sometimes we get in the habit of doing something and we don't even see it, you know, and and so it is really important to be very, very aware. Well, what's how can we do that? There's a guy. His name is Will Bowen. He wrote a book called A Complaint Free World. And in this book, he talks about a 21 day no complaining challenge. And so what he does is he gets a bracelet and he he's and he started this himself and then he wrote about it. And and so he said, I put this bracelet on and every time I would complain, I would switch it to the other hand and then I would start over. And so let's say you made it two days without complaining and then you did it on the third day. You'd have to switch it over and and start that over again. And what this does is it gives you a physical reminder. And so I have actually done this. So I've got a bracelet here that I'm wearing and I really like this bracelet because it's, I made it myself and it's got colors that I really like. And I like it because it's flat. A, a lot of times I don't even know that it's there. And I really like that. Um, but it is an interesting thing. When I first started doing it, I had to change it several times a day. And this was only like two months ago. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm like, I'm not that much of a complainer. You know, I was surprised, really surprised at how much that, how much I do complain. And, and so I, but I noticed the first day I did it, I had to switch it like eight times, right? And then pretty soon I can make it through a whole day. And then I can make it through two days, you know, and it, and that span of time becomes longer, longer. And I, it was really exciting to me, like, oh my gosh, I'm totally doing a great job with this. This is so amazing. Um, I did have to change it yesterday. <laughs> I had to change it. To, I, I said a complaint and I was like, ah, nope, I've got to be honest with myself and change that so that... Um, and start over. So, but here's what I've noticed as I have done this. Number one, I've noticed how often I complain. And that has, like I said, it was really surprising at how much um, negativity that I, that I allow my, love myself to have. Then you notice also, what is it that you're complaining about, right? And so is it really, you know, inconsequential things like the weather or is it, and sometimes it is, or is it like bigger things? And and so I, I think that's important to know what you're complaining about, because if you don't know what you're complaining about, then, you know, it's, it's hard to really address those things if you if you don't identify them. Right. So then also, I think it's important to notice when you do it, what are the circumstances around it? So here's something I found. I complain more when I'm really tired and I was going through, especially time I wasn't sleeping very well. And I think that's why I was complaining so much because I just mentally and physically was having a hard time dealing with, with life in general. So 
Um, so understanding that really, really helped. And so I really focused and I noticed, okay, I'm just tired. That This is why I'm having such a hard time and I'm complaining all the time. So I really focused on just getting some more sleep. And then I found, oh my gosh, it was so much easier to be positive and to refrain from, from complaining be, just because I had the sleep that I needed. So I, so having that 21 day challenge was, I honestly haven't made it to 21, but it is my, my goal to make it. So I, it's a really, really good exercise. So number one is to be aware and do your 21 day challenge. Number two is to debunk or invalidated what you're complaining about. So many times we complain about things that they're inconsequential. Remember I said like silly things like the weather or sometimes they're not even true. And so it's important to validate or invalidate, debunk what we, what we are complaining about. So this really gives us a different perspective and a new, a new frame around which what we are experiencing. So Byron Katie, she wrote a book a long time ago called Loving What Is. And in that book, she talks about the work. And the work is just a series of four questions that you can ask yourself anytime you have a negative thought. It's not just, she uses not, not just for complaining, right? But I think this is very, very applicable to when we take those negative thoughts to a complaint. So the first question is that she asks is, is it true? Is what you're complaining about actually true, right? Can you absolutely know that it's true? That's the second question. Can you absolutely know that it's true? In other words, do we just think it's true or are we assuming it's true, right? The third question is, how do you react when you believe that thought, right? So that's, you're, you're looking at what, what is going, what's the bigger picture around this complaint? And then the last one is, who would you be without the thought? So again, what is that thought doing to you? And if you didn't have that thought or that complaint, what would happen? What would you replace it with, right? And so I love especially those last two questions because in, in the framework of complaining, because it, it really helps you to go, okay, is this really necessary? Like, what's the bigger picture? What, what are the consequences of me complaining the way that I'm doing that? So I suggest looking into Byron Katie. She has great work um, and, and doing that work, asking those four questions to see where you're at with, with your complaints. Okay, so that's the, the second one to debunk or invalidate what you're complaining about. And then number three is to replace complaining with gratitude. And I love, love, love this one. So I've been listening to the book, The Gap and the Gain by Dan Sullivan and Dr. Benjamin Hardy. And I highly recommend this book. It's super awesome. But at one point in this book, they say, okay, if you're struggling with complaining, what if whatever you complain about goes away, it disappears. So if you are complaining about how your shoes, I'm just throwing this out, how your, your, you don't like the way your shoes look or feel, right? Well, poof, they're gone. How would that be? Oh, I hate how flaky my fingernails are. Poof, no more fingernails. I hate my hair. Poof, no hair. <laughs> it goes on and on. Like there's so many things that we could complain about, right? If you really think about 
okay, what if this was gone? What if I didn't have this in my life anymore? What would that be like? So in my own studies, I have learned that if you have a negative statement, something that you're telling yourself or that you're saying all the time, it takes two positive thoughts to counteract that negative thought. So here's something that you can do. Let's say your complaint is, I hate it that nobody helps me to clean the house. Well, you replace that with a two positive statement, right? So I'm grateful because, right? I'm grateful for whatever. That's your first positive statement because that's your second positive statement. So for example, in this complaint of, I hate it that nobody helps me clean the house. You could replace it with, I remember thinking, okay, if I complained about it, what if it was gone, right? So I'm grateful I have a house to live in because it is a gathering place for my family. So here's another one. Let's say your complaint is, I'm so tired of the way my body looks. Replace that with, I'm grateful for my body because it brings deep meaning to my human experience through sight, sound, smell, taste, and touch. You see what a difference that is? And it's really important to replace that complaint, really be proactive because we get so used to complaining and having these negative thoughts that it's we've, we've got to be proactive in removing them and, and replacing them with positive things. So nature abhors a vacuum. So if it's not enough to just not say it because your brain's going to automatically go there again. And so you have to retrain your brain. So try these tricks. Um, the third one, again, was to replace complaining with gratitude. So it's these are really, really great methods, great tricks that you can use to help put yourself in a better frame of mind. And remember that everything that you focus on will grow. So if you are focusing on positivity, that is going to grow around you. And I just by, you know, I've, I've been doing this, really focusing on this for the last couple of months. And I have actually noticed an energetic change in my body. There is a lightness. There is a, um, I don't know, there's just a happiness and a joy that, that I'm feeling a little bit extra. So it's, it's a really, really good thing. So I hope you enjoyed that. Remember, get aware, do your 21 day challenge, reframe the complaint, See if it's true, what is it doing to you and those around you, and then replace complaining with gratitude. And I hope you find some value and some use in these steps. And um, just remember your, your purpose is in your story. You got this. I hope you press like, follow me. It really helps me out. And I will see you next time. Take care. Celebrate your dreams, let them take flight, for you are a star, shining bright in every step you take. Let your light glow, being you is the greatest way to grow.